good morning. So good to see all of you. Thank you so much for joining us. We are one week away from Christmas. Who's excited? Who's ready? Two people. Yeah, once you get old, it's really not as fun when you get old. Christmas is just a day you spend a lot of money. No, I'm just kidding. We spend quality time with friends and family, and we remember Jesus being sent to save the world. Amen? Lord, I just pray that you will wake us up this morning. Lord, we are so grateful for this season. We're so thankful for the opportunity to gather freely and to worship your name. And we're so thankful, Heavenly Father, that you love the world so much. You sent your only begotten Son so that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. We're so thankful for sending Jesus. Lord, help us to remember, Lord, this season is all about you and what you gave so that we could have eternal life. Help us to remember that. Lord, as we get into the holiday spirit, help us to remember, Lord, to exercise the fruits of the spirit with our friends and with our family members, even the ones that we don't like but we love and we have to see them. Oh, we pray your Holy Spirit would give us grace and peace. Jesus, we pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for coming. Oh, Dave did it. Yeah, Dave did it. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 64 to 80. Here's the word. It says, immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. Fear came on all those who lived around them. And all these things were being talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard about him took it to heart saying, what then will this child become? For indeed, the Lord's hand was with him. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his herd, David, just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times. Salvation from our enemies and from the clutches of those who hate us. He, the Lord, has dealt mercifully with our fathers and remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. God has given us the privilege, since we have been rescued from our enemies' clutches, to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in his presence all our days. And child, you will become a prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew up and became spiritually strong, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance before Israel. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for the way that you speak to us through your word. 
God, we can look at stories from a long time ago and you still talk to us through that old ancient story. So God, we ask right now that you would quiet our hearts, you would turn our attention to your words and what you're trying to say to us from Zachariah's song. God, we thank you for the man John the Baptist and the way that he lived. We thank you for the man Jesus and the life that he lived. And God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. We ask right now that you would do a work in each one of us, that we would go out of this place and that we would be your examples, your testimonies. God, that your theology would be lived out through each one of us. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning, I have the joy of talking to you about a man named Zachariah and telling you his story, his song. But before I get to that, I just want to tell you, we had one of the best sermons that I think you'll ever get to see here in Antioch just last Sunday. So I want to stop for a second because we've been talking about this, oh, come let us adore him. And Pastor Jenny got to preach and I get to preach and Dave gets to preach. But last Sunday, the children got to preach. And I think that's a beautiful thing that deserves just another second for us to thank and praise God for that. Oh, come let us adore him. When Jesus Christ said, let the children come to me, the children are coming at this church and they are presenting the word. So I thank God that we heard Mary's song. All right. Pastor Jenny came to us and she told us about how Mary was the person who heard from the angel. And she said, let this be as you say. I want to do it. And the children came and they preached a beautiful message last week. And now I get to bring up a guy who didn't get it right in the beginning. I, I like that I was given this one. Is that the dude Zachariah, Zachariah's song is a, is a late song, if you will. As I was preparing this message, I had four points. And they all start with T, all right? So the first, the first point is that Zachariah's song helps us with our testimony. He helps us learn about our testimony, what we're supposed to tell other people. He also helps us think about our time with the Holy Spirit. Zachariah's song is going to help us think about our theology, which is a big word we'll talk about in a little bit. And finally, he helps us with our thanksgiving. And all of those, our thanksgiving, our time, it was all OT, and I thought about that, and I said, oh, I was talking to a couple. I said, now I get to talk about football. Hallelujah. I was like, this sermon even allows me to get to talk about football because overtime, right? If you know what overtime is, it means you didn't do what you needed to do in the first four quarters. That's what overtime means. Overtime means that you ain't won yet, and that's a hard thing to come to the realization that you've played hard for four quarters and the game ain't over right? And some of us have that experience, right? We're not like Mary. God came to Mary and Mary said, yes, sir, put me to work. I want to do it right now. Hallelujah. That's a great testimony. But some of us, the Lord came to us when we were six. He came to us when we were 12, when we were 22, when we were 56, and we still are waiting to do the thing God has called us to do. But what is so great about Zachariah's song is, is that if it's overtime, the game ain't over right? That's right. So God still does a whole bunch of miracles in overtime. If you look at the thief on the cross, he's the only person, the only person we know about his salvation. Everybody else, even ourselves, we got to work it out with fear and trembling. But Jesus says, this day you will join me in paradise. So overtime, just want to tell you this morning as we look at it, if this Christmas season 
if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, and you've been going through all of this Christmas season, listening to all of these Christmas songs, and it still hasn't meant anything to you, if you've been thinking more about Santa Claus than about mistletoe than you have about the one who died to save us from our sins, then this morning, I want to tell you, Zachariah's song has some things to tell us. So the first point is that he can help us with our testimony. Verse 64 says, immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was set free and he began to speak again. This is Zachariah's song. So we got to think about what happened to Zachariah. See, when the angel came to Zachariah, he asked questions and he said, how can this be? Because I'm in overtime. Basically, he said, I'm old and my wife is old. Don't you know how old we are and how long it is that we've been waiting for this promise. So how could this happen? And the angel said, you should have said something good and start praising the Lord. And instead of praising the Lord, you ask this crazy question. So now you can't speak. So that's how Zachariah's song really starts. A long period of no song. Has that ever been the case with us? All right. I mean, when God saved us, how long was it when there was no worship? How long was it when there was no prayers? How long did we spend all of our time trying to figure it out for ourselves? Reading books, asking people questions, going on the internet, trying to figure it out. But then this is immediately. Now, the immediately here has got one more thing here. You got you to gotta look back at this story. See, Pastor Jenny told us that Mary went and visited her cousin Elizabeth. And when Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth, she stayed there and then... About three months after she had been there, so Elizabeth was pregnant for six months. After about three months, she left. Six plus three is nine. So about nine months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, she did the thing that all women who are nine months pregnant want to do. She delivered a baby. I know my wife has had three, and I'm telling you, at nine months, you want to get rid of that baby. And when she delivered that baby, they asked her, what are we going to name this baby? And she told him, the angel told me to name the baby John and didn't know how to listen to her. They said, go ask that man. They said, go ask her husband, because don't nobody in your family have the name John. They said, we need a family name, and you naming this baby something that ain't right. And John wrote down on a piece of paper, the child shall be named John. Zachariah, sorry. Wrote down on a piece of paper, the child shall be named John. And that's how Zachariah's song starts. Now he's able to open up his mouth. And just like each one of us, the one who does it for him is God. It says God was the one who opened up his mouth. God is the one who freed his tongue. And guess what he did? He immediately started giving God the praise. That's what each one of us is supposed to be doing this morning. Didn't each one of us get woke up this morning? Do all of us have the ability to say something good to one another? Pastor Jenny talked to us about being able to speak in tongues of encouragement. Don't you have that ability this morning? If you do, then God is worthy of all of the praise. If this morning is a morning that you have life, health, or strength, you are blessed and God deserves to be praised. And that's exactly what happened with Zachariah. As soon as he saw that God had delivered him, as soon as he saw that God had taken care of him, and this is not just about what he did for you when you were 12. I know God was real good to us in the beginning of our life, but this morning, 
As we look at Thanksgiving and Christmas and all of these great blessings that we have, every day is a day that God has blessed us. Every single day is a day that God has opened up our eyes, that he's loosed our tongues, and that we deserve to give him the praise. Now, the word praise also means make happy. And I wanted to stop and ask a question. Have you thought about this Christmas season making God happy? I know you bought a whole bunch of presents. I spent the whole day packing uh, gifts the other day with my wife. And I just thought about it. Like, But have you spent any of that amount of time thinking about what would make God happy? I mean, you thought about your kid, and you know exactly what their favorite color is. You thought about your wife, and you know that you had to get her that gift card or whatever those things are. But have you really thought about what makes God happy? In a minute, we're going to talk about theology. And theology tells us who God is, and if we know who God is, then we'll know what he likes. And the Bible says he likes when his people pray. And so that's one of the things that praising is. It's praying. Praise includes prayer. And we can offer up prayers to God, and we can say, God, I thank you. Now, when Zechariah shared his testimony in his little community, in verse 65, it says, fear came on all those who lived around them. Can you believe that? Somebody starts talking about the Lord, and people start getting afraid. It says people got terrified, or they were alarmed. But another good word for fear is respect for God. And that's what you want. You want the people around you at your workplace. You want the people who, who you shop with to think that you love the Lord and they have a respect for God. When you turn on the TV and people use the Lord's name in vain, don't that bother you? You want people to be concerned about those things. You want to say, there's a God who sits on the throne who's worthy of our praise. We ought to be giving it to him. And if we share our testimony... People around us will stop saying all types of nonsense around us. They'll get too concerned about who God is in our lives to say it around us. And they'll go around other people and they'll say it there. But they will stop sharing gossip and malicious talk with us. And that's what we need. We need nothing but good, encouraging words. And so this morning, I ask you to share your testimony so people will stop talking about nonsense. But instead, they will start talking about the good news of Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons why we got to talk about it. We got to assume that people don't know it. Many people woke up this morning, they turned on their phones, and they got alerts about a bunch of stuff. And they may not have heard anything about Jesus yet. That's why we have to share our testimony. People can go the entire day and bombarded with information and bad news, even in this Christmas season. So Zachariah is telling us, share our testimony. If you want somebody to have a Merry Christmas, share your testimony. Don't just say Merry Christmas. Tell them about what God has done for you. This word, talk, it says they talked about it throughout the hill country of Judea. Just yesterday, I went and I got 18 more chickens. My chickens had got low. And I, and I went two miles from my house in Scholar to get those chickens. But the people live in Scholar just like I live in Schuyler. So I went just like this over the hill country. And although it was two miles, it took me eight minutes to get there. And that's today in a four-wheel drive vehicle. Can you imagine what it took to share the good news back in the day? My granddad was born in 1913, and he talks about going and dating a girl. He said, if you dated somebody in 1920, 1925, he said, there was no street lights. He said there was, there was absolutely no safety 
to be found. You had to take your whole life in your hands just to walk to somebody's house two miles away. That would take hours for people. So these people were committed to sharing their testimony. They didn't just go a little ways. They didn't just go uh, just to their neighbor's house. They said throughout all of this hill country, this whole region heard about the good news. They were talking about it in their family groups, and it kept sharing and sharing more and more, and they were doing what God had called them to do. They were sharing this good news. Then 66 says, all who heard about him took it to heart. And as we share our testimony, that's what we need to be praying, that people will actually take it to heart, that they will have saving faith, right? That when we say something about how good God is, that people won't think we're just playing. When we talk about Christmas, oh, that's a sweet little baby, that they know that we're talking about the one who died for us. And not just take it to heart because we said it, but they take it to heart because this it says, for indeed the Lord's hand was with him. Is the Lord's hand with you in what you do? Are you praying that God would be with you in what you do, or do you just start working? I told y'all last time, I've done a lot of things on my own power. And man, it makes a big difference if you ask the Lord, will you help me? Just a couple of weeks ago, we were playing songs for this worship service, and I got to one song, and there was a chord that I had never played before. And I kept doing laughing. I kept saying, do it. I don't know about that song. And it was Mary, did you know? And there was this one chord. And every time we practiced it, I'd just skip it. And I wouldn't do anything. And that morning I woke up and I just prayed. I said, God, will you please help me learn how to play this one chord so I don't look foolish up there on stage? And guess what? God sent me to YouTube. And I'd sit on YouTube video, and I'd looked at it, and I just spent a couple of minutes. But I'm telling you right now, that's, that's part of my testimony, that I need the Lord. And that was Zachariah's testimony. See, God was the one who opened his mouth and who filled him. And if we are going to tell our testimony, we start with this. God has been so good. And each one of us can say that. And you ain't got to share all of the gory details, but you can say God has been so good. Hallelujah. So now we go to 67, and we move from our testimony to our time with the Holy Spirit. It says, then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. This word filled means to influence or to accomplish. And I kept thinking about this. So we talk about sharing our testimony. And part of me wanted to share that almost 35 years ago, so my mama's birthday was yesterday. My mother turned 51 yesterday. Now, I know y'all looking and trying to do the math. That means she was real young. She was like Mary. She was a teenager, not immaculate conception. She was like Mary. She was a teenager. When she got pregnant and at 16 years old, my mother went to get on birth control. She said she had had sex one time right before that. And so on, at her 16th birthday, she got her cousin to take her to the free clinic to get on birth control. And the doctor said, I'm sorry. You're already pregnant. And that was December the 17th, 1987. And so then she tried to tell her family, and it was Christmas. I got some, got some not-so-happy Merry Christmas news. I'm 16 and pregnant. And so they decided to get an abortion. And my parents waited until right after Christmas. And they went to the closest abortion clinic. And my daddy told me when I was 12 years old that the first set of clothing that I had was paid for by the money that was supposed to pay for my abortion because my mother was 20 weeks 
to the day. Now, that's my testimony. And just like Jesus and John the Baptist, my testimony starts with a woman. <laughs> right? You know, it starts with a woman and that woman. And she had to trust God or had to believe and had to go against all of these things. But my testimony also has some other stuff in it. Right? My testimony says that this word we talk about filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I've also been filled with other things. And I looked at it and said influence and accomplish. And I thought about it when I was in college and I went to this party and I was filled with alcohol. And I was so filled with the alcohol that I woke up the next morning and a nurse told me that I almost died. See, alcohol is a poison. And I almost had alcohol poisoning because I had so much. And I'm just telling you, whatever you're filled with, it will affect you and it may accomplish what it tries to do. A poison may just kill you. And so right now we're talking about being filled with something and each one of us is filled with something this morning. If it ain't the Holy Spirit, you got to start asking yourself, what is it? Zachariah was filled and he began to prophesy. He began to declare, to teach, to preach the good news about Jesus. He told people things that this is what prophesied means too, that comforted them. See, the word prophesied is nice because it's divine revelation. It comes down for the Lord, but it's also supposed to be able to help folks. So Zachariah was able to hear from the Lord. And I believe when people die, they need to be comforted. You're right. People who live here, they still need to be helped grieve through this process. And so I believe that when we look at the word prophecy, we aren't just looking for this great word about you will be this tomorrow and you can be that. It is God loves you, that there is more to life than just this life, that he is eternal and we will be too if we trust in him. And now, 68 says, praise the Lord. This is what Zechariah says. The God of Israel has visited and provided redemption for his people. We talk about our time with the Holy Spirit, and the word here is visited. And that's what God has done for each one of us. He has visited us. We were looking at it this week in the word Emmanuel, right? It means God with us. God has come to us. And many people look at it as Jesus. And Jesus is definitely Emmanuel. But isn't the Holy Spirit too? Right? Isn't God with us? Jesus Christ says, it's better for you that I go away. Because then the comforter is going to come. And the comforter will remind you of what I said. He'll teach you all things. He'll help you obey. He will convict you of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. He'll even give you some fruit. Pastor Dave was just talking about it. So I thank God that we have been visited by God himself, the Holy Spirit. He's here to help us. We have a whole lot of benefits from him. And he's even come to relieve us of whatever we're working with whatever is problems that we have this morning. He has brought redemption, it's deliverance, it is a ransom, and he has liberated us. But here's the thing, because God has brought redemption, Zachariah's song helps us understand our time with the Holy Spirit should be about appreciation, not about this obligation. Zachariah was filled up and was happy to be with the Holy Spirit. This time here, this church service here, this is just an hour and 15 minutes of our week. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is going to look a whole lot more like talking to the Lord every single day. I mean, if you want to be filled with something, you can't do it once a week. I didn't want to tell you, if I fed you on Sunday and wouldn't give you another meal all week long, all of you would be weak and sick and emaciated. 
That would be sad, all of you. So we need more and more and more. We're going to get to that point later, but we need more and more and more of the Holy Spirit if we're going to be full of the Holy Spirit. Now, Zachariah's song can also teach us about our theology. 69 says, he raised up a horn of salvation. We'll stop right there because that's what our theology is so much about. Theology is simple, who God is. That's theology. And I'll tell you this, Darwin, the one who gave us evolution, he only ever had one degree, and it was in theology, right? And years ago, that was the only thing they ever taught anybody was just who God is. Because they said, if we teach you who God is, everything else will start to make sense. It was called a queen or the mother of sciences. It was the first thing that everybody taught. Harvard didn't have but one degree when they opened the doors. Theology. That was it. And for years and years and years, Harvard, Yale, and all of those Ivies only taught one thing, who God is, and how that affects every other part of our life. Zachariah's song this morning tells us about salvation, about what God wants to do with your soul. Right? There's a whole lot of things we can do with our bodies, but God is the one who is master of our souls. And our souls will either be with him in safety, in preservation, in health, or they are with Satan. And they will be burned up in eternal fire. So we have to ask this morning, with our theology, have we asked the Lord to come in and be the master of our souls? Have we asked him this morning as we think about Christmas and as we think about that pretty little baby, have we asked his father to take dominion of every part of us? This word, salvation, leads to another word in 69, and it says, for us in the house of his servant. Now, that's the other part of theology. Because when we look at it, we say, well, that's good to know who God is, but why does that matter to me? This is why it matters, because you're his servant. That's an important part of us to understand. Servant means child, too. One time Paul asked the question, he said, isn't a child just like a slave? And I said, in my house it was just like a slave. No difference at all. I can tell you that. But that's what servant means, child or slave or minister or attendant. Jesus Christ says, I call you friend. That don't mean you're not a slave, but he says, I'm not going to call you that no more because I'm going to tell you what I'm up to. That's what the Holy Spirit's up to. He's going to tell you what God is up to. And this is not a surprise to us that the world is corrupt, that things don't look the way that they're supposed to. We talk about homosexuality like it's so confusing. It's in Genesis. The first time homosexuality appears is in the first book of the Bible. So all I'm trying to tell you is nothing confuses God, but he will tell us how we're supposed to live. And we're always supposed to do this because this is what it says, salvation from our enemies. That's also the part of theology. It tells us what you're supposed to do. And Jesus Christ says what you're supposed to do to enemies. You're supposed to love them. That's the hard thing. See, the word enemies means haters, right? And Cat Williams said it in one of his things. He was like, if you do something right, you're going to have haters, if you love the Lord, people are going to hate. If you're doing the right thing and you're supposed to have haters because they hate Jesus Christ. Jesus promised us that. They hate me, they'll hate you too. That's a guarantee. Now, here's the thing. We're still supposed to be even supposed to love those who are hostile to us. But why? Because we know that we've been given redemption. We've been set free. Our enemies can't do anything to us. 
Sticks and stones can break our bones, but words may never hurt us. That's what we said, but I'm telling you right here, Jesus Christ gives us the power to throw away all of those things and to say we live for him. Our time with the Holy Spirit, our theology, it can help us against the enemy. Finally, we can also say that our time with the Holy Spirit can help us learn who God is. In verse 72, it says, He, God, has dealt mercifully with our fathers. That's part of our theology. A lot of people talk about God and they say, He, in the Old Testament, He's angry and mean. Jesus Christ is so nice. That's not true. The God of the Old Testament is a merciful, compassionate God. He just has really bad children. He just has really, and I know because I'm one of them. I am one of them, and I understand what it's like. Being a good parent doesn't make good children. And so sometimes we have to recognize that although God has been compassionate and tender and kind, we have been God haters. We've gone our own way, even though we have been given this privilege. That's what this word says. It goes on and says, he has given us the privilege. Jesus Christ has joined himself to the miserable and afflicted. We sometimes hoard it up. Now, this is what it says. He has rescued us, rushed to our defense, defended us, or drew us to himself. And I kept thinking about it as this language. I kept thinking about the moving Moana. I don't know if all of y'all have seen it. But in the moving Moana, there's one time where the ocean brings her in, and then there's one time where it just pushes her back. And you just think about how God has just, like, brought you in. But then it says he's brought us in for a reason, and it says to serve. I love this. We've been rescued to serve. The whole point of Moana is like, your people need you to go and do some work. This is not just about you. We've been brought in so we can worship him. That's what serve means. Worship. Minister before him. I love this word. It says serve means used as a slave. Yeah, slave don't say I can't do it. Slave says, yes, sir. I'm right on it. Used as a slave. The word serve also means menial work, right? This ain't just a happy thing that everybody gets to see. You now get to preach before everybody. Now you get to clean the toilets, right? That's, that's, what, that's some of the things that God is calling us to do. And he says, clean those toilets, wash those clothes, take care of those children, whatever it is that you do with holiness, with righteousness, and in his presence. Colossians says we have a master and our Lord is the one that we're always working for, not that person who signs the check. He's a jerk and you don't like him. Work unto the Lord, right? Like that's, that's what Jesus Christ is telling us this morning. Finally, Zachariah's song can help us with our thanksgiving. 76 says, and child, you will be called. Stop right there. Thank the Lord because you've been called. That's a big word, called invited into a fellowship or a relationship, right? That Jesus Christ actually brings you into this. and He gives you a new name, which is his name. And then what's even greater is we believe in him. The Bible tells us that he writes our name in his book of life. So, I mean, like, we got a great thing if we're called. So we can just stop right there. Our thanksgiving is because we're called. But we've been called to do something, just like John the Baptist. Again, we're called because we're going to go and prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for the Lord. That means to get everything ready. And this season that we're in, Pastor Dave helped us remember, it's called Advent. And Advent is a season where we think about Jesus and Christmas and we get ready. But Advent has a second meaning. 
The second meaning of Advent is Jesus Christ is coming back. And we got to get ready because he's coming back. And so it says prepare people in knowledge, right? Knowledge. They got to understand what living right is. We always assume people know, oh, those people aren't doing right. Why don't those people do anything? When I worked at the pregnancy centers, I said, how many of those girls do you think have had someone tell them that they are loved? That they are created in the image and the likeness of God. That God the Father cares so much. I mean, you got to stop and think. The one thing about Montessori that I loved is she was a doctor who served in Italy. And she was this brilliant lady. You know, they make schools based on her model now. But the thing that Montessori did was she told little kids how to blow their nose. And they gave her an applause. Because everybody else just complained and said, oh, y'all nasty children. Oh, y'all got snot everywhere. Oh, why don't you just blow? And she took the time to show them how to blow their nose. If we talk about getting knowledge, we got to make the assumption that this Christmas season, some people just don't know what it's all about. Don't get so upset when they say happy holidays. You say, thank you for that happy holiday. Now, let me tell you about my Jesus. That's too easy. I'm happy to take a happy holidays, but I'll give you a Jesus in return. It's such a beautiful exchange. And I think this morning, if we think about the knowledge that Christ has given us, he's given us knowledge of forgiveness. Because that's what this is. It's knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. People don't know that they've been forgiven of all that bad stuff they've done. I mean, people got a bunch of shame of the things that have happened in their past. And they put on a happy face and they look good in front of you. But there's so much that they just are hoping that nobody ever finds out about. And if you told them that Christ, your Lord and Savior, the one you were singing about, the one you're preparing all of these gifts for, he is the one who knows every one of those things. And he says that he will throw it into this sea called forgetfulness. He doesn't ever want to bring it back up again. Our job this Christmas season is to take all that God has given us and to be thankful and grateful and to say, as 78 says, that we have been brought out of darkness, right? And because we've been brought out of darkness, we're going to bring other people out of darkness as well. We've received rest and peace and tranquility. We feel good. We got food to eat, and we have children that we're going to worship and enjoy the Lord with. Can we share that with somebody else this Christmas season? It says that he grew up. He increased or became greater. He added to whatever he had. And I know most of y'all are already doing a bunch of stuff. I mean, between work and kids and even spiritual formation, you're already tired. But I encourage you this morning to in all of the things that you do, grow strong spiritually. That's what it says, to be empowered by the mighty power of God. If you're going, if you're going to spend all of this time wrapping presents and singing Christmas carols through this season, I also hope that you would be spending a little bit of time getting fed spiritually. Now, our mission at Antioch is to love, connect, Go and grow. So Zachariah's song this morning helps us understand that if we really love God, we really love our neighbors, our friends, all of those people that we're going to send Christmas cards to, that we're going to wish a happy holidays or a merry Christmas, we will share our testimony with them. I mean, if you really love those people, you don't want to see them die and go to hell. Right? Because like, that's the alternative here. 
if we really want to connect with one another, right? We, we really want to connect at this church. If we want to be brothers and sisters in Christ, then we're going to have to spend time individually and collectively with his Holy Spirit, right? That's what's going to strengthen our bonds and our relationship. If I'm a Cowboy fan and you're a Redskin fan, we might disagree on that. But we can come together over God's word, and we can do that. Zachariah's song tells us that our theology is this simple. Go tell everybody, even your enemies, about Jesus Christ. That's your theology. Real simple. Go tell everybody about who, how good God is and about Jesus Christ. And finally, one of the best ways for us to grow strong in the Lord is to add service and living right, forgiveness, and peace to our thanksgiving. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for our testimony. God, we thank you for how this worship team is coming back up, even though I didn't call on them. And God, we thank you for how your Holy Spirit is here with us, addressing everything that's in us that's not pleasing to you, because God, you know that you're our Father who we want to make happy. So right now, if there's anybody here who doesn't know you, whose theology is still a little shaky. God, I ask right now that you would start to move. God, show them that you're a merciful, compassionate Father. God, let them know that you rescue the miserable, the afflicted, all who are in pain. And God, that we can stand before you even though we've sinned so much in holiness and in righteousness in your presence all of our days. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I love one of the last lines of that last verse. Every breath that Jesus drew was hallelujah. Amen. We've heard about Mary's song and Zechariah's song. Heaven wants to hear your song. Amen. So as we leave here, let's make sure that we share our testimony. Let's remember that we've got a loving father. And we, I love what Pastor DJ said. We've been some bad kids. <laughs> But we have a loving Heavenly Father who's merciful, compassionate, full of forgiveness, and we have got to go and tell the world. we got to prepare the way, amen? If we don't like the way our culture is, well, we got some preparation to do, don't we? Let's prepare our hearts to grow in the Lord, and let's continue to prepare our communities to receive the love of God, amen? Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for the word that was brought today. And Lord, we're so thankful that even when we don't get it right, even when you show up and you speak to us and we doubt, Lord, you still are full of mercy and compassion and forgiveness. And you give us a chance to tell the world, to tell everyone around us about how even though we really messed up, Lord, you made a way for us to be redeemed, to be forgiven, to be reconciled, so help us, O oh God, to be full of praise as we leave. Help us, O oh God, this week to be full of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us not to just eat once and starve the rest of the week. Lord, we want to abide in your presence because, Lord, if we're going to be full of anything, we don't want to be full of ourselves. We don't want to be full of the negative news report. We don't want to be full 
of anger or bitterness or hate or strife. Lord, we want to be full of the Holy Spirit. We want to be full of your love, of your mercy. So, Lord, as we go to Sunday school and as we go home, help us, oh God, to love you with all of our hearts, to connect people to you, to go on your mission.